Welcome to the Scuff Podcast, where we talk about U.S. soccer. The U.S. U-20s beat Ecuador on a stoppage time stunner from Jonathan Gomez. It was 1-0, the final score, ultimately a deserved win after 90, 90 minutes of pretty good soccer, I thought, from the U.S. Not enough cutting edge in the final third until that last moment came out all right, and I think this will have been the toughest game in our group, so we're sitting pretty heading into the Fiji match on Tuesday. Matt Hartman, the Oracle of Long Island, is here with me. Matt, how you doing? I prefer profit, but I'm I'm doing well, Bells. Thanks. <laughs> Good. Thanks for joining me. And you know, any big picture thoughts on the game before we get into the details? Um, yeah, I mean, super happy. Um, you know, these World Cup games are just you know, this this is the point in the the cycle where I'm like, forget about the soccer. Let's just win games. Um, yeah. But watching good soccer is also great. So when you could do that and win a game, I mean, what more can you ask for? Right. I was. I had to have to admit, I was a little concerned because. We did play very good soccer in the CONCACAF Championship last summer. And then I thought a couple of more recent friendlies, we didn't look as good, you know, against stiffer competition. I thought, man, we, we might go up against Ecuador and really struggle. We didn't. We, we broke their pressure. The, I think they, they sort of pressed us early in the game and backed off a little bit. Is that your sense of it? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think they got tired, basically. Um, you know, we'll get into it. But we, we I think we had a pretty good setup set up for the game and uh you know credit to Tavares that i think we game and with the personnel that he picked yeah meant went more or less as well as it could have gone um at least in terms of you know state of the game yeah it was i tweeted this out but it was a little bit like the darlington nagby heat map yep absolutely very very we looked very good in the middle of the field middle third we could get into the attacking third get into some you know get some uh avps some real nice avps <laughs> and and then we just couldn't we couldn't put it together from there why don't we go ahead and do the lineups it's uh it was gaga slanina in goal uh and we played a, a somewhat surprising played basically a 3-4-3 right yeah i mean it was it was kind of fluid you know like i'd, I'd say it was mostly a 3-4-3 in possession um and then maybe more of a Three five one outside of possession, mm-hmm. like, as these things normally go. But yes, yeah, it's, it's not a shape we've seen a whole lot of from this group. But uh, as I think we'll get into it after the lineup. But it, I think it makes a lot of sense for the personnel um, that we had available for the game. So yeah, Justin Shea, Brandon Craig, and Joshua Winder across the back line. Uh, Shea at Hoffenheim, Craig sitting, you know, basically sitting on the bench in Philly. And Winder at Louisville City reportedly headed to Benfica. So those were the three center backs. Jonathan Gomez, who is left-footed, played right wing back, which was a little bit of a surprise. And then uh, Jack McGlynn and Obed Vargas. I almost said Marlon Vargas. What a mistake that would have been. <laughs> Obed Vargas. Uh, and then Caleb Wiley across that that band of four. So Gomez and Wiley, the wing backs. McGlynn and Vargas as the as the midfielders sort of connecting the center backs to the front. And then the front three was Quinn Sullivan, Diego Luna, and Owen Wolf. And I'm not really sure which was playing which position. It was very fluid among those three. Yeah, they were it was fluid among the three and it was also fluid between Wiley and Wolf, where where Wiley would sometimes be the winger on the left hand side and um 
uh, you know, a, a, if that player on the left hand side got forward, it was usually Wiley. But um, the general shape was a three four three with Sullivan, Luna, and Wolf interchanging. Mostly Sullivan and Luna, and then Wolf and Wiley on the left. Yeah, and I think you you want to talk a little bit about how Cal and Paredes are coming back. What do you think? So so just to remind everyone, Kate Cal was out with a red card suspension because of because of the incident at the end of the CONCACAF championship final, kind of silly incident. And then um, Paredes not released until after the group stage by Wolfsburg and Rukas Puxtis, another midfielder, won't be released by Hayduk Split until uh, after after the group stage. So those three will be joining us, you know, presumably for the first knockout round game. What difference do you think they'll they'll make? Um, they'll certainly make a difference. Like if you look at this game, I think Paredes is a player that can certainly add something to what we, what we saw today. Um, and also Cowell, like we, any sort of like winger ability, I think, you know, cause we, we, there are not, not to say that Quinn Sullivan isn't a good player. He is, but he's kind of like a hard player to fit into any lineup. Kind of, you kind of just need to be like, Oh, I, I guess we'll play him here and hopefully we get something out of him. Um, right. so, but I think Cowell and Paredes um, particularly will make a, a big impact. And then the depth that, that um, you know, he could potentially play big minutes in this tournament too um, when we get um, a process from split as well. But without those guys, I, I really liked the idea of playing a, a, like a back three, back five, because mm-hmm. neither Sullivan or Wolf or Wiley are real wingers. So this way... You, with the with those wide um, wing backs, you get uh, with from you know players further back down the field, and I th- and Ecuador's best players um, are in the attack. So I like the idea of having the extra defender, um, the extra center back on the field to deal with direct play. Uh, so after the lineup was announced, my only real concern was Jogo starting on the right, Jonathan uh, Gomez, because. Um, you know, I just, just I haven't seen him there that often. I don't think since he's been since he was playing U seventeen ball, and he's not exactly right. the most um, dependable defender, even when he's playing in his natural position. So um, that was the the problem area that I saw, but I, I don't think it ended up being too problematic at all. Yeah, he he was. I think he was mostly fine. Um, of course, he got the he he had the decisive moment in the game too. So. Um... All right, let's let's talk about let's just briefly go through the Ecuador lineup. Uh Napa in goal, uh two De La Cruzes, one on right back, one at left back, and then Garcia and Ordonez as the center backs, Zambrano and Gonzalez as the two uh deepest midfielders, and then a band of three of Minda, Paez, and Angulo, and then uh I mean Minda and Angulo both quite tricky and dangerous. And then uh, Cuero was the striker, a big number nine. Yeah, so I didn't know that much about any of these guys going in. I did a quick kind of scouting report a couple hours before uh, kickoff, and um, Paez is definitely on paper the danger man here. Uh, he's There's rumors a couple days ago that he's heading to Chelsea on a transfer that's supposed to be around $20 million. Uh, so he'll end up playing for like Anderlecht or something. Um, <laughs> right. Right. Mina and Angulo Vitesse. are the. Oh yeah, they'll join the hundred other players playing in um, the Low Countries from Chelsea. That's right. 
Um, Minda and Angulo are the the fast, tricky wingers that you, that you mentioned. They definitely stand out on tape, though they don't necessarily have huge pedigree in terms of the the clubs that they're um, rumored to have r- rumors with. I think Angulo is on Anderlecht, actually. It might, might be why that came to mind. But okay. they're not. neither of them are playing huge minutes, um, and the rest of the team are essentially complete unknowns to me. Yeah, they they when they got a chance to do something, they 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 were generally pretty good, but they didn't get that many chances to do to do things because we were pretty. I mean, you know, as the as the game recedes in time, uh, it, we were pretty dominant. The U.S. was pretty dominant, like more or less. Don't you? Think? Yeah, I would say. Yeah, definitely. I would say like there were probably there's there's like two ten minute stretches. I think maybe that come to mind where. Um, Ecuador found some success, but even even when they had chances, for the most part, it was like a result of an error that you know, like a, just a, a bad giveaway or just like a guy, like Ang- mostly Angulo beating like two of our players and then failing to to put like an inch perfect ball at, on a teammate's foot that would have ended in a good shot. So, like outside of those moments, it was only really like one or two stretches of the game where Ecuador even looked remotely like they belonged on the field with us. Yeah. Well, let's talk about it. Let's go through the timeline. I thought we were sharp out of the gate, playing, uh, you know, flying into tackles, connecting passes, that our ability to to break that first line of pressure and then, you know, quickly switch the point of attack to one of the wingbacks, which is was a pattern of play, often over to Wiley, was uh, we were we were very proficient at that, bring, taking it from the center backs to, to one of the wingbacks in space in the attacking third. And, you know, we were doing that right off the bat and we basically did it all game with the exception of those those stretches that you mentioned where we just we just didn't have our foot on the ball. Yeah, definitely. Like the buildups early, like the first like 15 minutes of this game were fantastic and it didn't look like Ecuador really knew, knew how to handle the patterns of play we were putting together. We just have so many guys that are comfortable like playing a first time ball if they're under danger or, or right. turning with the ball if they aren't. And that soccer IQ and technical piece is really the thing that separates this group from previous U20 groups, right? I would say so. Yeah. I, I think it's even, even compares favorably to the 2019 group as a group, you know, yeah. wouldn't you say? Yeah. In that specific in uh, skill. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> just more technical players all around. Maybe not like the individual talents or like complete players, but yeah. I mean, it it also definitely helped that uh, Jogo and Wiley were starting from deeper positions, which made it, I think, easier for McGlynn, mostly McGlynn, but McGlynn and the other midfielders to spring them down the sidelines in the pattern of play that you're talking about when Ecuador tried to put us under pressure in our own half. Yeah. Now, there were some worries. There were some worries early on, and I, I think they were mostly centered around Joshua Winder. Um and at the 250 mark, he was just left for dead by Minda on the sideline. You know, it was a, you know, Minda had his back to the goal and he just turned Winder and left him in the dust and gets into the box, squares it. It was scary because if the ball, because the ball slid right through the box, um, untouched, if the, if it had been a little bit better weighted and pl- or placed, it's a, it's a, shot on goal from an extremely XG rich portion of the field. Um, 
because McGlynn, Jack McGlynn is behind the play a little bit. He's not, he's not tracking the guy that uh, was closest to the ball. As it was, it slid right through and uh, the danger passed. Yeah, it was unfortunately a, a sign, a bit of a sign of things to come for Wander, um, who I can really only assume was told to play safety early in this game and not really main, worry about maintaining position as long as Che and Craig were there to cover. Because yeah. like he he's just way out there on the sideline, um, which isn't you know necessarily a bad thing when you have you know, three three defenders back there. You you definitely won't want to to be that aggressive guy that stops plays from even really getting to that last line of defense. But he, I mean, the real problem here is that he gets beat way too easily out there, and then, like you said, a, a better cross across the box maybe uh, puts us in some problems there. Um, but. We're, we're probably going to say I have a lot of negative stuff to say about Winder over the course of this timeline. It's just like moment to moment when Ecuador had one of our players to attack, they see, it seemed to always be Winder that was getting us into a little bit of trouble. I think it's important to remember here that he's a 2005 and at 2000, so he's able to play in the next U20 World Cup. That's you know fairly rare looking at the rosters in this tournament. And for uh, 2005 to be starting at center back, um, you know, it's it's kind of asking a lot. So something yeah. to remember. Yeah, it's good to remember that because he was he he had a rough outing. I think the the problem for me was um, it seemed like athleticism. You know, yeah. like he wasn't he just was a little flat footed. wasn't didn't have the fast twitch ability to respond to those quick like there was this moment. Uh, there was that a moment that we'll get to later where Paez kind of you know just touched it around him and just burned him and there was i, I think one other although i can't re- i can't specifically remember it and then um he didn't offer a ton in terms of distribution he would he would step on the ball kind of look around and then just uh tap it to craig for craig mm-hmm. to sort of carry the burden which craig was very capable of doing i'm glad craig was the one doing a lot of the distribution but i just didn't see too much good from winder in this game mm-hmm. yeah like there's there's a lot of good things about playing in usl at a young age one of the things that that usl is absolutely not going to prepare you for is athletes who could control soccer balls because <laughs> if we had if there were any athletes that could control soccer balls with regularity you know they're gonna be on mls rosters in this country so right um may, may just be something that he he was just seeing shadows out there a little bit because it wasn't something he was used to seeing, and it's not like scrimmages against our own players are going to prepare him that often for that as well. Like Cowell's the only real guy on our team that even um, gets close to the the style of play that these Ecuadorian right. attackers had. Yeah, and even Cowell like you know doesn't always control the ball i mean i guess i'm sure minda minda and minda and uh angelo don't always do it either but anyway so we'll we'll try to keep the the winder criticism brief from here on out we'll just make note of it um 350 around the 355 mark just an absolute ping from brandon craig to gomez wide right it's a it results in a corner kick when gomez tries to slip it into i think sullivan was it um it could it could have been wolf so, or yeah. vargas but man this is like uh chest high ball the ball that travels at chest high for probably 40 yards you know yeah. just just a just a gorgeous ball and craig's distribution throughout the game 
was a thing to behold, really. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that there's another player in the pool who can pass that way. Maybe John Brooks, you know? Um, yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, like Craig has this, Craig's had this in his locker for a long time. Like, this ability um the, the question with brendan craig is just gonna it's all gonna come down to you know his ability to defend against adults and i mean he that's the part that like was of concern going into this game um and you know he definitely held his own but yeah like this if, if he's able to even be like a remotely good defender this the, the ability to hit balls like this is just like that 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 pass is the type of pass like you could give me a thousand tries and I'm not hitting that oh, yeah. ball like that. Yeah, I'm not like terrible at soccer either. I would, I've never hit a pass like in my life. <laughs> um, uh, but I think I think it, it helps Craig to be sort of cushioned between two other center backs. You know, defensively, that Definitely, seems like yeah. sort of an ideal situation for him. Um, so yeah, credit to Varus on all those counts. Uh, we like I said, we were looking good early. Uh, Lots of good ideas. There was a, a Craig made a nice crunching tackle along the sideline to stop a counter. Gets a talking to from the ref, but no yellow. I just think that's worth noting because his defensive chops are the thing that is probably in question, as you as you said. Yeah. There is, so go ahead. Yeah, like it's. Uh, I think it was a tackle that like kind of looked worse than it was. Maybe benefit from the Ecuadorian taking advantage of. You know, kind of like a yeah, he sold it. Yeah, he sold it a little bit. Um, but yeah, like I think that's the type of thing that you want to see from Craig, right? Him like asserting himself as a defender in this game with a lot of a lot of you know. I, I mostly watch like literal children playing soccer, and we have a lot of guys in the in this country, a lot of really good players that can real that can pass the ball from center back, but they are like complete passengers when they don't have the ball at their feet and like that's the that's the worry with craig like i said so just seeing him willing to you know make a crunching tackle on the sideline like this in a like high pressure situation is really fun yeah it was a crucial intervention too because it was things were ecuador was running downhill and in some space uh so we get a, uh, a chance for ecuador that comes very shortly after this can you uh, describe it yeah, so it was like in the 16th, 17th minute. Um, I think it was Craig. It might have been another center back that slams up. It, it, it was Craig. It was, it was Craig. Craig. Yeah. Okay. So Craig, um, he he slams a pass off of McGlynn's back, just pat, playing it out from the back. It created the first real Ecuadorian chance of the game because the ball just happened to fall right to like the Ecuadorian striker. Um, and he dances around a player, but nothing really comes of the chance in the end, right? Right, Craig pokes it back towards Slanina. It was a little unlucky on the giveaway there, because um, you know McGlynn was doing. We had this, we had this nice pistoning action where McGlynn would pass it back to Craig, and then you know one of the you no know, Craig would pass it to McGlynn, McGlynn would pass it back to Craig, and then Craig would hit one of like usually often Luna, mm-hmm. you know, between the lines, and then we'd be off to the races. And I think we were basically doing this, and. Um, and McGlynn just wasn't looking, and he's got to be a little less of a window, more of a door there, I think. Because uh, Craig was trying to pick out Luna, and Luna was open. Um, I did notice some some good bite from Winder and Justin Shea early on. Uh, so I got to mention that, you know, Winder was, Winder was going in on tackles. He was just going in late 
a lot of the time, but at least early on he got he had a couple nice tackles. Right. Talk, let's talk um, about the let's talk about the Ecuador chance in the twentieth minute. Sure. So I, that one was a long ball over the top um, by Ecuador, um, and it seemed to like it found its runner, um, one of those um, speedy direct Ecuadorian forwards. But uh, Craig gets positioning and managed to poke the ball away. Um, and you know, at this point, we're twenty minutes into the game, and this is basically all that Ecuador has been able to conjure, like these long balls to the to the speedy speedy forwards and. Craig, Che, and Winder definitely looked like if if that was the Ecuadorian plan um, going in, that it wasn't it wasn't going to put take them by surprise. They were definitely up to the task. Yeah, yeah. It, there were some scary moments, but this this really wasn't one of them. And there were they were few and far between. The twenty second minute, we get a we get our first really big chance. Um, it's an excellent ball from Craig. To Luna, checking back in the center circle, as we've discussed. Luna, it's about thigh high. Luna leaps and flicks it to Wolf. I had somebody in the Discord was like, well, everybody can make that touch. I'm not sure that that's true. <laughs> but um, he flicks it over to Wolf, who uh, who swings it out to Wiley. The pass is a little behind Wiley. So I, I just want to see that pass to be more in rhythm for Wiley. It, uh, I don't, I'm not sure it would have made that much difference. But anyway, swings it out to Wiley. Wiley gets, uh, gets to the end line. Uh, not quite to the end line, but skitters across through towards Gomez. It gets, uh, you know, it gets kind of deflected by a defender, ends up back with McGlynn and Luna at the top of the box. Uh, Luna out to, who did he play it out to? Maybe Gomez. And then Gomez uh, hits a, a right-footed pass into the box. I could be wrong on that being Gomez. Somebody hits a right-footed ball into the box on the ground, and it... And it gets deflected again to Vargas, who takes a good touch to get past his defender. And he's one-on-one with the goalie from a tight angle, takes a shot, saved out of bounds. I think the only way he, he gets that in the goal is by chipping the keeper, and he tried to rip it past him. But it's a good chance. It's a, uh, a real good scoring chance. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, you, you know, you said a lot of names in that description, and that's basically – these were the type – types of movements that the that the first like third of this game was really built on for us mm-hmm. and the only real reason why this one gets mentioned instead of the other ones is because it just had like that extra successful pass that ends up leading to a shot that um a lot of the a lot of the plays a lot of those like movements in the in the rest of the game just didn't have it the, it would the play would sputter and get deflected and we'd end up with like a throw in or a corner that didn't go anywhere or it would end up falling into like the closest part of you know zone 14 but closer to midfield than to the top of the 18 yard box and that would end in like a long range shot that didn't hit the target right they get a ecuador gets a string of passes in the 20 right around the 23 minute mark finds Angulo on the left. What did you see here? Yeah. So this is where Angulo kind of comes alive in the game. Um, he, he's clearly the danger man for most of the first half, at least for Ecuador. Um, he picks up the ball and he's just one of those guys where he stands, he stands up on the ball and he just looks dangerous. Like you don't, you don't want to get caught trying to, pick the ball off of his foot so um gomez realizes that and is forced to back off uh to avoid getting blown past and um angulo tries it anyways and uh gomez i think does well to uh, make a good recovery tackle and put the ball out for a corner 
as yep. uh, Angulo tries to turn him. Yep. On the ensuing corner, a bit of a scramble and a shot blocked out for another corner. So, you know, this is maybe the the beginning of the, one of those 10-minute stretches where Ecuador is a little more ascendant. Yeah, they're definitely growing into the game some. And like only a couple minutes later, they find Angulo on the left again. His first touch this time is like absolutely incredible on this cross that across the field that finds him and Gomez fails to prevent um, a dangerous cross Angulo cross um, as Angulo is heading towards the end line and the cross just doesn't find a man because really Ecuador never had numbers forward in this game was this the like sort of waist high ball that sailed out of bounds um, sailed right through the six and went out of bounds over the yeah yep. all right um, we get uh, here's a a really scary moment, I thought, in the 31, around the 31 minute mark. Can you describe how it starts? Yeah, so again, it's Angulo making plays both ways as he steals the ball from a lazy Che foray into the midfield. Che picked up the ball in like what you would consider the, you know, like a generic right back position and uh, spot on the field and just kind of like walks it into midfield in a way that you could kind of see Serginho Dest doing. Um, and the ball moves quickly from Angulo's foot um, around to a couple Ecuadorian players, and uh, it's Mina, Mina uh, Minda, Mina, Minda, Minda, Min- who, Minda, yeah, yeah, who beats uh, Winder to deliver across across through through the six yard box, um, and yeah, yeah, just not great all around here. Yeah, it was a, it was absolutely fizzed through the through the six, and um, it was only. Vargas's alertness and late intervention that saves the goal. He he's he slides in and clears it because there was a, a, a Ecuadorian attacker lurking at the back post. It would have been a goal for sure. Um, they get another corner and Vargas gets dunked on a bit by one of the defenders and the header goes over. Here we go. Another Ecuador chance around the 34-minute mark. It's uh, Paez down the right wing. Again, Winder is flat-footed and gets beaten for pace. This is one I mentioned earlier. But he does get he does well to get back and uh, slow him down a little bit. And Paez cuts in and fires a shot uh, over and wide from the top of the 18-yard box. Yeah, and I mean, these are like two back-to-back plays or you know like this period of 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 the game is really like wander seems to to be struggling um you know paez is definitely definitely a good player um but the that that moment down the right hand side where paez picks up the ball wander just like completely like there's he has no chance because he hasn't set himself up to even run with paez on the play um and you know he he definitely does the thing that you're supposed to do in that situation, which is just like get in the way of the body of Paez mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. just like provide that quarter second or whatever it ends up being for um, yourself and your teammates to get back. It's not what I think we we were hoping that Winder would look like uh, in this tournament. Um, so in the in the 38th minute, uh, it's again Angulo just like. I wrote taken souls here <laughs> when I was watching it over over the course of the game because um, he he luckily wasn't that dangerous like the for the rest of the game but this like ten minute stretch here he looked like man we we have to do something about this because um, he he blows past McGlynn, um in the corner um, in, on near our like eighteen yard box on the on our right hand side a, a minute or two earlier. And then after like a, a fairly good move by from us down our left hand side, um, 
the ball ends up spitting out to midfield and it's Angulo and Che they're essentially entered into a duel for the for the ball and Angulo just like gets to the ball first spins Che and then beats him down the right our right flank for pace um, and Angulo tries to find his striker's run. Striker was making like a good run. He was being marked by one of our center backs, but um, in the end, it's Angulo, Angulo puts the ball too close to Gaga, who's able to collect it. Okay, yeah. Kind of getting tired of all these Ecuador chances. I mean, we're we're given the impression that Ecuador was just like you know knocking on the door so hard. I, it's not. It wasn't quite like that, but there were there were these definitely these chances. Uh, I, I, I clocked McGlynn getting stuck in in the 42nd minute, which I love to see. He was kind of riding somebody's back and poked the ball away. He's never going to be Tyler Adams out there, but I would say he wasn't dead weight in this game against the ball. He wasn't uh, he wasn't a complete passenger. Do you disagree? No, no, I don't disagree. Like I, I that's like not really my problem with McGlynn. Like Mc the problem with McGlynn is like just pure athleticism. Right. But he has like the, the positional part of it in to where like, I don't think he's ever going to be like a complete non-entity in the way that like, you know, some of these other like unathletic center mids from U S youth national teams past have been because he at the very least like understands what he's supposed to do and where he's supposed to be. And, when it, when he's put in a situation where he's just going to be toast, like he he generally like at least tries to make a foul or do something right like that. So I don't, I I think like seeing what having him get stuck in isn't like necessarily out of character for McGlynn. It's like not an effort problem. It's just like a pure like I think it's like a ceiling limiter, right? More than it is yeah anything else. Physical, that, of, yeah, just a plain old physical limitation, right? So in the in the forty second minute we have a good passing sequence that finds Wolf free centrally uh, in the opposition half. He finds Luna on the left who chops the ball past De La Cruz but never quite regains control of the ball um, as it runs out of bounds for a goal kick. So I think at this point in the game you have you have Wolf doing some good things and uh, it's kind of also the start of the Luna show of yeah. attempting to dribble past guys. Yeah, he did a lot, and I think that you know some opinions are split about whether that was appropriate or not. But you know, him getting that one v one chance is it seems like a good situation for us to be. I mean, rather him be the one going one v one with a, a right back than say Caleb Wiley, um, mm-hmm. even though nothing against Caleb Wiley. Um, but yeah, him him not being able to either get a shot off or a pass off really was sort of our first half in a nutshell, and it was kind of Luna's most of Luna's attempts at attacking the goal with the ball at his feet in a nutshell. Um, I do kind of disagree on Wolf, although I don't, you know, I don't, I didn't watch him that carefully, but I didn't think, I didn't think he was terrible. I didn't, I didn't know that. I don't know that I would say he was doing a lot of good things, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think, that? I think the Wolf thing mostly comes down to like, not, he's, he's just not a player that he's a player I've watched like a lot of over the years. And he's not a player that I've, thought would be in this the position that he's in now especially given that he's on on the younger side so um, you mean playing regularly for austin fc and on this team yeah yeah definitely so um just having him be in this team and like not be a liability i think is 
good like that's progress for me compared yeah. to what my expectations kind of are for him but yeah like he's not he certainly wasn't doing anything all of that special i mean like on both the defensive and the midfield line it's basically just like get the ball to craig get the ball to mcglynn and right right i'm not gonna do anything else yeah and he's also not it's fair to point out he's also not really a a winger or like an attacking like a front three player for austin fc he's a midfielder um we've like we've talked about, we we have been able to break lines of pressure and connect into the connected to the wingbacks. I do think uh, there were a few moments where I thought, well, why don't we just try the through ball? Try the first runner, you know, try the try the ball in behind for Sullivan or Luna, and then we would just we would spray it out to Wiley, and that's that's oftentimes a good choice in a soccer mm-hmm. match. But I wish we had been just a little more direct, a little more vertical, if you will on some of those occasions yeah i mean that just isn't what this team has been right like the whole cycle that's true (laughs) this team this team plays the ball more horizontally like than vertically even in the opposing final third you know there's a lot of uh walk football some may call it playing around and like side to side yeah probing i guess the the flattering way to describe it is probing but i don't know that it was really that um 44th minute mcglynn gets to have one he he sends it out to wiley um a nice pass out to wiley one of those you know finding the wing back moments and then wiley kind of squares mcglynn at the top of the box or you know good six seven yards out, out of the box away from the box and mcglynn has one and just sends it out of the stadium like i i back him to put that on frame and maybe score a goal so it's the kind of chance we want to see but um didn't didn't work didn't work out yeah i mean there's there's like a like i said earlier like there's a bunch of times when this sort of move ended in this sort of chance where it's like i think it was mostly mcglynn and sullivan that pick up the ball like 25 30 yards out don't see too many options have this space in front of them and just hit the ball try to put it on target not successful for the most part it's not an easy technique they're both capable but i would kind of i kind of don't think that this is the shot that we want to be settling for uh on a regular basis i mean glenn's left foot is so good that i that i I, i'm i'm okay with it but but yeah yeah yeah. all right so the half comes and what what are your halftime thoughts yeah i mean good nice controlled half uh we made them work didn't let them get too much going in combination. I think the difference between us having one or two at half and the zero that we ended up with was just a lack of success once the ball hit our forward line at progressing it into dangerous spaces. Um, Josh Winder looked like he may be an issue, but the rest of the defenders were picking up the slack. Really happy with Greg and Obed Vargas in particular, who are guys that I had at least some level of question mark coming in. And I thought that they in particular played really good 45 minutes. Yeah. We didn't talk about Vargas hardly at all there in the first half, other than that, that goal line clearance and the chance on the other end. Um, What did you like that you saw from him? What surprised you about him? Um, I mean, nothing really surprised me about him. He kind of just played like we're used to him playing um, for, the few U.S. youth national team appearances he's had, but also for Seattle in which like he's just a super solid guy, like easy to forget about while he's playing, but he's just doing so many good things uh, in midfield, like completing a high 
number of his passes. I'd be surprised if he misplaced like four or five passes the whole game. Um, you know, a lot of that were a lot of those were sideways passes, but um, he he makes himself an option, which is like really important um, for a midfielder. Like we've seen way too many midfielders over the years in these youth national teams that just like hide themselves, you know, behind opposing defenders instead of making themselves an option. So he makes himself an option. He plays like one touch ball to to move the ball around and um, useful, like always in passing lanes defensively. He, he's the type of player where like, even if he's not active, even if it's not like on ball stuff that is making him an asset to the team, having a guy like Vargas in the team makes McGlynn all that much, a guy like McGlynn all that much better. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. Because I was kind of pretty lukewarm on Vargas going into this, but I agree he was he was quite solid. And I'm going to eat some crow there a little bit. Um, so in the second half, 47-minute uh, mark, we get a blast from Craig after a good passage of play. And it just, you know, a ball that sprays out to the top of the box, and he, he has one um, with his left foot. And it looked like it was it was bending on frame, but probably wouldn't it wasn't hit with a ton of venom. Probably would have been grabbed by the keeper, but that was a nice shot, I think. Yeah, good shot. Um, I don't think it would have been an easy catch. There was like a lot of spin, like outside didn't spin on that ball. Um, but again, like not the, exactly the type of shot we want to be settling for, even if it is, you know, these technique geniuses that we have from coming out of the philadelphia union academy yeah worth mentioning three starters from philadelphia on this team sullivan mcglynn and craig and most of you who listen to this podcast know that already but i'm just gonna say it for the you know two or three of you who don't mcglynn's a long island kid all right just okay okay oh yeah okay philadelphia doesn't get to claim him just because he was in that academy for three months three years or whatever it was Uh, yeah i just meant he's he's in the he's a philadelphia union player i wasn't (laughs) wasn't trying to besmirch the name of long island um we got to take everything we can both i i i feel that 51st minute uh wiley has has one from distance off a corner that also that doesn't miss by much uh a very similar moment um yeah, yep. it's a bad clearance that falls nicely to Wiley, um, and that's the type of hit from distance that, um, you know, like blast it, and if it's over, it gives you time to reset your shape from the corner, so right. like, you don't really mind that at all. Um, yeah, hit it well, just a little too high. Uh, he had an Ecuadorian leg coming through his kicking motion a little bit, which... You know, if he if he would have maybe prevented him from getting over it the way he wanted to, but it's still still like I don't know, a couple inches above the crossbar. Fifty second minute, we get another nice passage of play. McGlynn plays it out to Wolf down the line. Wolf plays it back to McGlynn. McGlynn slips it to Wiley, and his attempt at a cross is sent out for a corner. Yep, I think this this play in the game like really illustrates what McGlynn offers. He's so calm and controlled in midfield. Like he's just always an option to ping the ball off of uh, if you need to. And um, that, you know, that's, that's useful in and of itself, but McGlynn also has the vision to pick his head up and turn one of those back and forth passes, passing motions into uh, slipping a teammate in. Um, So yeah, great for McGlynn and the McGlynn Wolf Vargas midfield, I think for, 
coming from like what my concerns were coming into the tournament, where, where is just about as good as could be expected uh, at this point. Yeah, because some of you will remember back in 2019, we got knocked out by Ecuador at the U20 World Cup. And yeah, this this isn't an, this isn't an easy team. Like we don't know too much about them, like as individual players, but this is a team that qualified ahead of Argentina, right yeah. in South America. Like this this isn't a team that historically youth national team midfields in particular are competitive with. So. Right, well, our, our midfield in that game got run over by their midfield uh, yep. back in 2019. So yeah, this is it's a good point. It's good to see this. Um, 54 minute mark we have this this lovely sequence maybe the most lovely non-goal scoring sequence of the game it's a uh, mcglynn entry pass to luna uh with his back to goal and luna just finesses it with the outside of his boot behind the back line for wiley wiley's first touch takes him a, a little wide and he tries to clip it across the six and the keeper gets enough of a touch to to slow the ball down and it gets cleared from inside the six but that yeah it's a nice it's a really nice touch from luna like gorgeous yes yeah great stuff all around um but it is it is that touch from luna he's like it's like a spinning outside of the boot pass um without very much time to think about where you're gonna put it that he, he puts into the path of wiley that like that's the thing that really deserves the the attention here and you know, like I remain unconvinced by Luna as a prospect. Like he, he's just like kind of an interesting player to to project to higher levels. But man, oh man, is he is he fun? <laughs> and he'd he'd be involved uh, in our next chance as well, right? Yeah. Well, he doesn't play. He doesn't play for Real Salt Lake very much under Pablo Mastroeni. So that's a bummer. And um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, he's fun. He's fun, and he he. He he does ask questions of the opposing defense, and in the next chance that you mentioned, fifty nine minute mark, there's kind of a bozo moment from uh, Napa where he the goalkeeper kicks it off one of his own defenders in sort of a confusing moment for them. It falls to Luna, and he tries to uh, loop it with the outside of his boot from I don't know thirty yards out and into an empty goal, and just misses. I mean goes uh, trickles wide of the post by like a, a half a foot or something yeah so. yeah it's just like just had the wrong spin on it to to end up in the back of the net but yeah like would have been a pretty unfortunate way for ecuador and hilarious way to to break the tie honestly it looked really painful that goalkeeper hit that like full strength right to the side of his defender's head from like six feet um and yeah. the defender got like right up and actually almost like cleared the ball like if it were to go in he might have gotten he was just just wouldn't have gotten there in time so credit to that kid yeah then yappy comes on 65 minute mark yappy comes on for sullivan 70 minute mark edelman comes on for vargas and the game loses a little bit of its vigor i think in this mm-hmm. stretch yeah this is like 10 minute stretch of the game from like around the 60th minute to the so let's say like 75th minute mark um we really it was sloppy all around we struggled to move the ball through the lines ecuador was finding more success in midfield but the final ball was never really there um ball went out of play like 10 times in like 10 minutes or something like that uh i think it was 
uh, so Vargas goes off in the 70th minute. And I think it was a good game from him, even if he was a little safe with his passing. Um, that, like, I really just happy with what we got out of him for 70 minutes. Um, and Winder, even like, and that safe passing, I think, is mostly because Winder and Vargas were just ha- seemed happy to let Craig distribute because he was just, you know, he basically could do no wrong with the uh, ball at his foot. So good. So good at distributing. Um, Slanina went down in the 76th minute and I, the trainers were out there for a little while. I don't know what was going on there. Yeah, me neither. Like it seemed, it seemed by the way that he was kind of like holding his back that it might've been a lower back thing. Um, he also, after the trainer came on, he took like four of like the fruit pouches things back with him. So I'm like, huh, what's that? That seems like an excessive amount of fruit pouches given that there's 15 minutes left in the game. So maybe he was just dehydrated or something. I don't know. I don't think I minded. (laughs) I don't think either team minded uh, the two minute break though, because it was a relative pretty exhausting uh, first 75 minutes. Yeah. 80th minute. We get a nice tackle from Edelman. Uh, who just crunches a guy. It sprays to Yappi, and he drives and takes a, a right-footed shot. It's pretty much right at the keeper, but it's it's hit. It bounces right before it gets to the keeper, so it skips off his chest out wide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and nobody. There's nobody. There's nobody from the U.S. there to sort of collect the rebound, so it, the 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 whole moment kind of dies. But right, yeah, it was a weird save. Looked kind of like the keeper got taken by surprise uh, on. By surprise, by the pace of the ball, he like kind of went down like he was going to two hand it and just fall on top of the ball. And then he was like, "Oh, that's not an option. Better just let this uh, rebound off my chest." Um, it was kind of the only moment of the game I thought where the goalie looked iffy, maybe and maybe until the goal, which I think would have been asking a lot for him to get to. So, uh, really good game by by this point um, for him. We did end up putting like a number of shots on target, so it wasn't even if. We haven't like mentioned them outright. It wasn't like he wasn't getting tested. I would say it's fair to say Gaga wasn't getting tested, but there was a, a, at the very least a question being asked of yeah goalie. Yeah, eighty third minute, we get a nice ball from Wiley for Yappy, uh, and he's one v one with somebody coming coming at the goal from the left. But his touch to eliminate defender is just a little too heavy, and the keeper closes him down. Yeah, uh, really good from Wiley. Um, the go- but the goalie just gets there. He was l- pretty quick off his line, brave to just go into the into the tackle. Um, this type of opportunities were the type of opportunities we really didn't create throughout the game, where we're, we're finding our attackers centrally with like a mat, like a center back to beat, where we were at putting pressure on individual defenders from Ecuador. So it, w- it was good to see this and. Yappy is maybe the type of profile that allows you to make this sort of pass inside, whereas like Luna might just have gotten crunched mm-hmm. or something. But yeah, like yeah, this is this is I think the reason why like we ha- we this team has to play the the soccer. Why this team does play the soccer it does is because we don't have the the Yappy on the field, Yappy types on the field to maybe open up this opportunity. Maybe Yappy gets the start against Fiji. We'll see. Um, <laughs> It was, yeah, it was a nice little outside of the boot slip pass from Wiley. 85th minute, Gomez chases down a long corner from Luna's corners. We're all sailing over the box, which, yeah. uh, you know, it's, a, it's an American tradition, kind of bad set pieces. <laughs> but uh, 
Gomez chases it down and then beats his guy to going to his right and zips it low. I mean, this was a dangerous moment. Zips it low at the goal. It looked like it was basically a shot on goal, um, uh, kicked out by the keeper. But there were, you know, three white shirts in the six at the moment, so anything could have happened there. Uh, so it felt like we were we were knock we were starting to knock on the door again. Um, Luna was saucing a lot, you know, taking people on, dribbling past two or two guys, but not the third. And I think some people are saying, well, that's just poor decision making. I don't know. I, I mean, we we needed we needed somebody to sort of take the the game on their shoulders and try to do stuff. I didn't really mind it that much. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like at this point, like he was kind of the only person that we thought that I thought had like any sort of chance of making something happen where he was going to bring the ball into the 18 yard box himself. And if not score, then like just put set up a a teammate. Like, and if it wasn't going to be that, it probably wasn't going to happen. Like I was at this point, just like, all right, this is, I'm taking the zero zero here. Uh, The attack just wasn't cohesive enough throughout the game to score goals. Lots of good effort from Wiley Gomez and McGlynn to set up our attackers in good places. But Sullivan struggled all game, I think. Luna couldn't finish plays, and Wiley rarely made it into dangerous areas, especially as the game went on. Right. Yeah, it's good It's good to see Luna with his mojo back, I would say, even if he wasn't, um, you know, the decider of this game. Uh, so that's nice. Shakiras came on for Luna at the beginning, right at the beginning of stoppage time. And then we got the goal. Yeah, so the the goal starts as a Gaga goal kick that ends in what you can't really call an aerial duel because McGlynn loses it so bad. <laughs> it's him and Castillo both go up for it, but by the time the ball hits Castillo's head, McGlynn is like already six feet away from him because it was just like such a non-competitive duel. It, it was but, like he was pretending to jump for the ball. Yeah. <laughs> but but Castillo heads it down and it hits off the left side of McGlynn's head and rebounds off of McGlynn's head right onto the foot of Nico Securis. And we have possession. So little bit of luck there. Well, um, but you got to, I want to say Shakiris, I, I want to give Shakiris a little credit here because he just, he just one touch volleys it right to the feet of Yappy, you know? Right. Like, and then Yappy plays a nice little ball back or something like that right before it gets crossed into uh gomez um, yeah he square yappy squares it out to wolf wolf has a little time and space he tries to switch play to he well he does switch play to gomez and then tell yeah, me what like, happens tell me what happens next man <laughs> yeah so um ball gets to to gomez and gomez um like takes it off of his chest um and takes it like off half volley left footed strike right after that last touch off of his chest next uh touch that volley um you know like what what can you say really half volley left footed in stoppage time of a world cup game perfectly not like perfectly perfectly placed but i don't i don't really think the goalie could have done too much to, to stop it and ends up uh from the goalie's perspective in top left hand corner um, dream stuff happy he got it because he was really good I think both way pretty good maybe more fair both ways all all game and had the most dangerous Ecuadorian danger man uh, 
on his side the, the whole game. So he had to really make sure he was going both ways. And for him to get the goal after playing as a two-way player, playing fairly well for 92 minutes or whatever it is, um, I think that really says something. About Chef's him, right? kiss. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh... That touch off the chest to eliminate the defender was... It's like one of those weird plays where the ball wasn't perfect, you know? But the way it played out was perfect. Because it, yeah. it was... It, it allowed Gomez to take that, that touch off his chest to eliminate the defender. The defender didn't... I don't know I don't know what the defender can do there. You know, anticipate that touch maybe. Um, and uh, and then, yeah, it's a, great, it's a great strike. The goalkeeper got a finger to it, but not yeah. enough. Right. I think he did well to get a finger to it. It was like a, he had to react really quickly to it. And just like the technique of the strike is, you know, like it's again, we said it earlier with like the Craig uh, cross, but like this is another one where like this is this is the type of thing where like somebody passes it to you in like a rec game and you're, you you take that as he took that. And it's like that's I can guarantee you if that's me, it's going out for like a throw in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and I I think you were saying you were you were sort of preparing for a zero zero draw a zero zero draw in this game would not have been a terrible result you know it's like no, not at all. would have been fine because we have presumably we, we can beat Fiji on Tuesday and you think we have you like our chances against Slovakia right so yeah it's it's a great start to the tournament definitely I don't want to take I mean you know Fiji's Fiji I think we should beat Fiji but. I remember sitting and watching the 2015 U20 World Cup where Fiji beat three, they won three nothing against a Honduras team that featured like what is now half of the Honduras national team. Like Albert Elise was on that team and people were like, they just took them completely by surprise. So. Wow. I didn't know that that was a fact. That's kind of, yeah. all right, well, let's get, let's get down to business boys. <laughs> um... Yeah, a deserved win. And is anybody has anybody risen for you? You know, it's it's nice to win. It would be nice if we win the U twenty World Cup. But you know, it's as Mikey Varis likes to say, it's all about development. Is there anybody on this team who has sort of risen in your estimation as a senior national team prospect? Yeah, I think like the primary one is brendan craig like he he's one of those guys who like i've always thought that he was like he, he's like all potential right like there if it if brendan craig hits he's gonna hit pretty big so it's like really exciting to see him as he moves up to age groups maybe like impacting the game more and more as he goes which is exactly what you want to see and then even coming into this game it's like man against the speed and skill that ecuador had brendan craig might be a problem um, but you know he definitely he held his own all game. So Craig definitely, I think for me, is the most exciting like stock up from this particular ninety minutes. But also Obed Vargas, right? Like a kid who spent like a lot of time injured over the last year, um, where to the point where like there were rumblings that like oh maybe he's just like a write off, you know, like maybe this this injury thing kids with like back lower back injuries this early in their career like it, it could be a problematic thing you know he's been, he's missed a lot of time now yada yada and he he came into this game don't i don't think he looked out of, out of place um and then i think i'm also really happy with the the wing backs both jogo and caleb wiley jogo a guy who's like been i think a major stock down over the last year just kind of like disappeared into spain when we've seen him with 
the youth national teams, he hasn't looked particularly good, I don't think. Um, and had a had a really good game here, gets the winner. Um, on the right-hand side, which I'm still still not quite yeah, sure. Yeah, it's weird. I've never seen yeah. it before. Yeah. Right. Um, and that, all, that goal probably only happens because of that, right? Because right. he's inverted, yeah. So something to think about, I guess. And then uh, Caleb Wiley, like maybe not the, a showcase game for him or anything like that, but did really well getting up and down that side. Re- really athletic kid. Um, I wouldn't. I think there's a chance he ends up getting a men's national team cap someday too. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see him play fullback, like a, a pure fullback in a yeah, back. Yeah, definitely. Four. Same thing with Craig, right? Like as a center back and like a back two. See what. Got to imagine we'll. There's a decent chance we'll see that on on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, Matt's sadly not going to be with us after the Tuesday game. That's going to be Marcus Shrez, and um, but which is which is not sad at all. It's happy. <laughs> um, uh, thank you for your service, Matt. We'll, you, we'll, hopefully, we'll get you back for the knockout rounds, right? You know, if you want to support this podcast, which is as you may have noticed is ad free, join the Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Thank you for listening. We'll see you. <laughs>